There's the cost of not posting. There's the fear around what if I don't post. And for me, oftentimes that becomes the greater fear. You are listening to the Spicy Chai Podcast. I'm your host, Marok Imtiaz, and I'm on a journey to create inspiring, helpful, and meaningful content. This podcast is not going to showcase high-profile individuals spouting hollow advice like find your passion or hustle harder. Instead, my mission is to bring you the voices of people who are just a bit ahead of you, people you can relate to, and the people who will inspire you to put your own voice out there. So grab your cup of spicy chai and let's get this show started. Hello. So just wanted to let you know before we start the interview, this is a part two of a two-part series. And although they're not really connected, uh, it will help you get a background on the guest, Aaron. If you listen to part one, the link is in the show notes. And if not, totally cool. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this. And yes, enjoy the show. Um, and then making sure, yes, I am. I, I take a look on a regular basis just to kind of make sure I'm on balance. If I, I struggle, I'm actually really good at sharing the vulnerability on the, the, this is the struggles. You are my, my harder struggle is struggle. My harder thing to share is the wins, right? So when I put out a few weeks ago that I had in two years made 280,000 and even saying here today, well, actually in the last few weeks, now we've crossed 300. Um, that's hard for me, the, the, the powerful vulnerability. So now I have recognized that that's my, my thing to work on. And I go back and look and I actually will look at my posts and say, okay, where am I right now? Where's the balance? Um, because it can over rotate. Right. I, I love that you have check-in points, like constant check-in points. You have that mm-hmm. with yourself when you're being, when you're getting a project, you have that with yourself when you're posting. How do you establish these check-in points? Like for example, someone who's just like starting off, who has no clue how to even yeah. be self-aware, yeah. where does one start? Okay, well, you know, because people talk about metrics a lot. Okay, know your metrics, know yeah. your niche, know who you're talking to, but that gets so overwhelming. How do I know this is where I should check? This is where I need to just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, so I don't, there's there's a piece of it that's regular and there's a piece of it that's uh, intuitive for me at this point. Um but I adopted something that I learned from... So the conference we met at Forefront was by this guy, Ramit Sethi. And he has a, um, a course called Success Triggers that I took many years ago. And I, it's more about corporate. But one of the things he talked about, excuse me, was um, a reputation check-in that's monthly. Ooh, okay. um, and I applied it in my corporate job of like... It was really a, a reflection of the last month what was my reputation that I can tell, right? And what reputation do I want to cultivate? And so it helped guide me forward. There's a very similar thing I do with myself um, now. And reputation, not quite the right word, but it's that same idea of like, okay, how, how might I have been perceived over the last couple months? Where is the balance? How do I want to show up in the next month, especially 
right now I'm in the process of launching a couple programs. And so that shifts the balance a little bit towards where I need to, you know, focus on being more in the power, um, sharing a little bit of vulnerability, but more in the power side of things. And it, it shifts things a little bit more away from my personal life into the professional life. And so I can plan for that and I can start making sure I'm showing up that way. And then I can go back at the end of the month and say, well, how, how did that go? I really like that. The reputation check-in and almost like setting it up weekly on a calendar invite and just kind of people who love systems. Yeah. And Uh, I will say, I never look at the feedback. That's one thing I don't do. Um, So when I was doing my 90 day live challenge, I had a whole spreadsheet of like likes and comments and shares. And I realized how much that took me out of just a place of pure sharing into a place of let me get the the engagement. And the thing that I have come to learn is it is not about the engagement numbers because maybe in when something like TikTok where it's like views are important, um, I am speaking to a very specific ideal client. And of my Facebook followers, there's only a small subset that are my, my people. So I can't really gauge the impact of a post that's geared towards my ideal clients in comparison to a post that's about, let's say, my wife and I had our eight-year dating anniversary. Right. <laughs> There's, that's just going to get more engagement. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Because it was right? really cute. Right. Yeah, and it's, exactly. it's looking for what do I see down the line? So right. do I hear about that post from, I had a client the other day talk about uh, a live that I did early on in the pandemic about thriving during the pandemic that she never forgot. And now I know, oh, okay, that was a good one. Right. Or a client came to me uh, during the pandemic. I went live during all of April and someone who's now one of my favorite clients reached out, didn't even know she was following me, reached out and said, hey, that one live you did on um, this concept called Check Engine Lights really hit me. Are you, I know we're former coworkers, but are you interested in working together? So for me, I am very aware that my impact is pretty invisible because my people may not be interacting. Right. But they are consuming. They are consuming. They are impacted. Yeah. I went to a, before COVID hit, I went to a meetup and on the elevator, a woman said, Hey, that thing you posted on LinkedIn was really, really impactful. I went, wait, I posted on LinkedIn. (laughs) When? So so I've come to this um, idea of instead of worrying about who's watching or how many people are watching, just assuming that they are and not knowing when it's going to come back to me in the form of a client or someone joining a community of mine. And just assuming that if there's something that impacted me I, and I put it out there, it's going to impact somebody else. Right. Hello, hello. So I'm going to just take a pause and touch on something Erin said here. Important thing to mention here is that she actually went live for 90 days. And within those 90 days, she didn't find a lot of value in going into nitty gritties of feedback, like engagement, followers, likes, comments. But she did show up consistently for 90 days. 
And after that, she did a quick check-in and gathered feedback. So it's important to set a timeline of 90 days, six months, where you do things consistently without judging yourself. You've hit that timeline. That's a point where you can go ahead and check in. She talked about the reputation check-in. You could do other check-ins, but make sure you post consistently first. Okay, back to the interview. And there are a few things that you you said there that I would like to unpack a little bit. Sure. So first thing you talked about your wins and how you're not very comfortable with your wins. That's a very, very, very common thing. Yes. Especially with the beginner entrepreneurs. Like, I mean, I don't want to talk about wins. I don't want to show off. Uh, My parents told me if you show off, you're going to stop succeeding. Um, I'm scared. What if I don't grow? How do you get over that? How do you continue sharing your wins? Because I know it's very important. So there's a couple of things. And I want to say this. I cannot emphasize this mindset enough. I feel the fear and I do it anyway, all the time. I think there's this misconception that we have to get over our fears before we act. And we just don't always. And so sometimes I will close my eyes and hit post. And then I'll run away from Facebook (laughs) for a day and and hope and pray. Um, I also, you know, the program I did for posting on Facebook was I was given some prompts of how to post, right? To post this one thing today. And I let myself go, well, Varian, who was the, the person who was running the program, told me to post this. So I gave my, like, I have permission. So it's okay, right? But even deeper than that, I am very aware that people hire people based on what they think they can do. So I'm coming at this from the coaching perspective as a one-on-one service provider, right? So people hire me because they think I can get them where they want to go, right? Right. I hired my mentor because I knew what she had done in her wins. If I don't put those out there, how are people going to know that I can help them? Right. It goes back to like attracting your people, Right. Right. So like if I don't put out there how much money I've made and there's someone out there who wants to hire a coach to help them make more money. That's true. true. They won't, they won't know. Right. If I don't put out there that I am fully booked in my one-on-one practice, that's actually intentional. It's, it's hard for me to put out there. It's intentional to create the, Oh, she must be really good. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Um, And so the more I can remind myself that this is a service to my potential client. I am signaling to them that I can help them. This, then it becomes so much less about me and me bragging. Right. This is a service to other people. You putting your wins out there helps other people. And even if it's not them yeah. thinking of you as a coach or someone that they could hire, it's someone that they would like to follow just because your wins are somewhere they want to get at. Like yes. for example, me losing weight, currently don't plan to be a weight loss coach, but someone right. want that result and might want to follow me. Yeah. And if I don't put my win out there, how will they know? So Totally. And there, there's, a, they, there's a, an effect, right? Where they can see, oh, if she lost weight, that she must have some sort of thing figured out about life. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right. She must right? have it all and, together. And I will say one of the things that I also really adhere to um, one of my mentors, his name is Rich Litvin, will say constantly, it's not bragging if it's true. We have this societal thing against talking about our wins as if they're egotistical. But 
it's just truth. I created this much money. It's bragging if I say I created this much money and I'm better than you and nina nina boo boo. Yeah, I know. But Don't so many of me, us, geez. yeah, yeah, so many of us are afraid of that that people are going to perceive us as filling in that last part of the sentence, right? right. The, and I'm better than you. And that also goes back to and if pe- there are certain people who still will. You know, yeah. You, they might still see people. you as, oh my god, what a bragger. Or I've seen honestly yeah. some comments as well when people are in their nice car and talking about it, and there's people commenting like, "Wow, what a show off!" Right? Mm-hmm. And but that says more about the commenter yes, than it does about absolutely. you. So it, there is a possibility that people will think that, but it's about you understanding that there's a difference, and they're not your people. That. Exactly, they're not your people, right? And so here's another metaphor I really like. Um, a lot of us are trying to prevent the dead leaves from falling away from our tree. And the, the problem is those dead leaves, those are, her, are not our people, right? Don't allow for the growth of the new leaves, right? right? So we're trying so f- hard not to lose the people who aren't our people that we can't bring in the people who are. So there's somebody out there who's going to see that car, that nice car, and they're not going to say show off and go, how did that person do that? Let me follow them. Exactly. Right? I want that exact car. Or I want that journey. And it goes back to even posting because, I mean, I had this problem. When I started posting, there were two or three people in my mind and I was like, I don't want them to see it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want those two or three people to see my posts. And then I remember like this was a Wednesday Wonders conversation everyone was like well yes those three people will see it regardless you can block them yes i can block them from my social media they'll see it regardless but what about those strangers that you might not even know of that might get some value out of those posts that you're not even thinking about right Yeah. yeah it's it's who's missing out and i think what you say too also brings up another thing that's really important when we start making content um it's really easy to want to speak to everybody and a lot of content creators do have these bigger aspirations, right? I'd love to, to reach thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. And the more you try to speak to too many people, the more you're not going to be able to say anything. It's, it's called like the least common denominator program, problem, right? Is you're trying to find the thing that's most appealing to the most people, which becomes completely boring and not actually you. And so it's really about... For me, yeah, I would love to eventually have this huge community. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's thousands or more, but I'm building it one person at a time. And I'm thinking about that one person I can impact and then that other person I can impact. And like the more I can speak to those few people, that's the real impact. Yes. And that that brings up like the idea of scarcity versus abundance. Because mm-hmm. for me, when I started thinking, okay, well, uh, maybe I should talk to this one particular person, someone who wants to lose weight, someone who wants to be a content creator, someone right. who wants to also make a lot of money doing traveling for cricket, very, very specific things. But I was like, I can't find many people who want all those three or four things. Like, what are the chances I'll find that? But what I've noticed is there are so many people out there who want those exact things. So many people who fit in that niche. So many people that I haven't even tapped that they're like, oh, I really like that because you fit into all four categories, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot more people out there than you think. And 
yeah, the more you can go. So weird, not wide is another thing Rich Litvin says, you know, the more you can tap into those things that are truly you, the more you're going to actually find the right people and that there's more people out there. And then I like this concept of one of the reasons I've been, I moved away from posting in my Facebook group that's, I was giving a lot of free content there into the regular Facebook realm now is this idea of the splash zone, right? So there's the people in your world that don't necessarily fit all four of those, right. but they're right on the periphery and there's something about you right. <laughs> that they're really attracted to. And that happens to me on my Facebook too. So a couple of my one-on-one clients don't fit who I quote unquote market to, but they were in the splash zone of receiving my content. There was something relatable. And it turns out I really just like coaching people. I like humans a lot. So we ended up working together. And I think about just even if they're never my clients, the impact I can have by really focusing on that core niche of people and then that splash zone. And then that'll get bigger and bigger. And it's better to me in my world to have deeper impact with fewer people than kind of be somebody that people kind of like for a million people. Right. Yes. I love that. And the other thing that you mentioned was you posting on, on Facebook. So like, you know, so you have a lot of personal contacts in your Facebook, your family, your friends. When, and people, when they start off, that's where they really start. They start with their personal pages. Not a lot. Not everyone creates another extra Instagram or Facebook. They want to leverage their networks. But yep. then there's this thing of, but I don't want to, I'm okay with strangers knowing about yep. all my content. I don't want my family and friends to know. Right. How do people get over that fear? I don't know how you get over that. I don't think you get over that fear. I think you decide whether you're willing to. So there's this other concept of, you know, we talked about the people who would be missing out if you didn't post, right? Because of those three people you didn't want to see. There's the cost of not posting. There's the fear around what if I don't post. And for me, oftentimes that becomes the greater fear. The cost of not helping people. For me, my heart can't, right? So the cost of not posting or the fear of what if I don't outweighs the fear of what happens with friends and family. And yeah, granted, there are some people in my family that don't get it. Um, And if they want to have a conversation, sure, why not? Um, You know, my wife's uncle at one point said that my posts are intense, but he loves me anyway. And I just, I remember having that, oh God, I'm intense. And then we being like, he's not my people. He's my family that he's my extended, you know, in-law family. Um, But yeah, I don't get past the fear. This is a huge, huge mindset shift on everything is if you can realize that we can still feel fear and do things anyway. And that the more we try to get over our fears and then don't, that's actually creating a negative thought spiral, right? Like, why can't I get over this? What's wrong with me? I must not be courageous enough. And the more we try to tamp down a fear, it's like um, if I tell you to not think about white bears, what are you doing? All I'll do. Think all you'll bears. do is think about white bears. So if you're telling yourself, don't be afraid, all that's going to happen is that fear is going to well up and project itself even more. So right. it's about being able to hold that fear 
and I have all kinds of other strategies, which is for another day of how to like minimize those fears because that, that they still happen. Agreed. But the cost of not one is huge. And if I'm connected to my why, again, why am I here? Why am I serving? Right. It's, it's a lot easier to handle the, the things that I'm scared of. Right. And, and the common theme with you is, again, you feel the fear. You're still extremely scared and you do it anyway. And the one thing that you did that way was investing in yourself. So yes. you invested in yourself before your business gave back, from my understanding. Is that yes. correct? Yes. So there, that's also another thing I hear a lot with beginner content creators. Don't invest until you start making money. No. Nope. You know? And I want to disagree with that. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you say to people who say that? Like, hey, I'm only going to invest in myself once I start making money. What would you say? Oh, there's so many things. First of all, you're telling yourself a story about when you're worth investing in. Ooh, I love that. I love right? That. Yes. Um, the other piece is I couldn't have done some of these things alone. I just couldn't have stretched myself. I wouldn't have done a 90-day live challenge. Um, you know, I, I think about there's two really main things when you're building a business and it's your yourself and it's the strategy of what you're doing um and i actually break it into four different s's but there were things strategically i didn't know what to do i could have looked at around but everybody and their brother wants to sell the formula that's true <laughs> everybody that's true. and it, they're they're competing formulas right yeah. um and then on the self i couldn't have known where i got in my own way right i couldn't have known where i had limiting beliefs where i had fears um, where I had doubts. Um, and so part of me just really couldn't have gotten to a place where my business was ready to pay for my coaching without the coach. <laughs> so I, I personally think the minute you start um, building something, it's time to invest. Um, and that doesn't mean you have to invest in a one-on-one -on -one coach um, and there's a lot of different coaches who will sell a whole lot of things. So you want to know what you're looking for. And, and but, that's the other question. Yeah. How do you know the difference between there's, this is the coach for me versus yep. this, like, you know, how do you know what, 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 what's a good coach? What's a good investment? Yep. Yeah. So this is where I have really leaned into a couple things. One connection, right? Connecting with the person and seeing, have they been there? Do they get it? Have they done the things that I want to, to do? Do they have similar ways of, um, you know, have they gotten in their own way? That kind of thing. But that's actually less important to me than one thing that I think is fundamental. And I think you will not hear this from a lot of coaches. My job as a coach, and so I work with mission-driven business, right? And some people who are startups, leaders, that kind of thing. The one thing I believe in is that there are as many ways to build a business as there are people on this planet. And so my job is not to hand somebody a map. My job is to help them develop their own. Right. And so I help them think through, and that doesn't mean I give them the, the menu of all the possible things they could do. I also, I only will work with people who are self-starters enough to go out and do their own research and say, here's a bunch of different strategies, right? And then we come back and we experiment and we go, okay, 
I tried, I tried LinkedIn for a bit. I didn't like it. It wasn't about fear. I just didn't like it. <laughs> and so I moved on to a different strategy. And my mentor is doing the same thing with me, right? Building up my own um, what's fun for me, building up my own trust in my decision-making process, building up my own strategies and processes for finding my path. And so I would say to anyone out there looking for guidance, don't hire that person who's going to give you the four-step formula because yes, that formula worked for them, but that worked for them under very specific conditions that are only relevant to them. Right. Go find the people who will help you develop your business your way. There is no reason for us to be stepping out as content creators, as coaches, as leaders into more visibility if it isn't something that's lighting us the fuck up. I agree. And and the only way to know what lights you the fuck up is to do it your way. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. And that's something I would like to break down a little bit. So yes. let's say I'm starting a TikTok, you know, and I... I, now I'm, I want to invest in myself. I want to find a coach. Yeah. Where would I go? Like, do I go to Google? Do I search best coaches? Do I Instagram mm. coaching and then go to hashtag? Like, could you break it down for someone who, let's say, was listening to this and really wouldn't want to find a good coach? Mm. That's a good question because I build my business for the most part through word of mouth. And so, or people who come to my Facebook I would say if you're looking to invest in a coach, it's go follow someone who's doing what you're doing, right? So there are content creators all over the planet on Facebook. One of your former mentors, right? The holistic psychologist has blown up. I would say before deciding who to hire, go find content that you resonate with. And you're bound to find someone who's a coach who has the same content, so follow your, your curiosity for content and you'll find a coach. I like that. And follow everything. And follow everything. Go down yeah. the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. Um, that's what I did with my current mentor is I actually found her. You recommended a book called The Prosperous Coach, which was written by Steve Chandler and Rich Litvin. I looked up Rich Litvin afterwards, found out he had a very, very nice British accent. And he was very attractive, even Good though I'm man. I was gonna say, totally well, like, queer. Yeah. <laughs> but then I saw a video he did with this woman named Christina Berkeley. And I went down the rabbit hole of everything Rich ever did. I went down the rabbit hole of everything Christina ever did. And lo and behold, those are my two mentors now. I'm in, I just finished my second year working with Christina as my one-on-one coach. And I'm in Rich's community of high-level coaches. And it's because I went down the rabbit hole and just as soon as I saw all their content, I was like, I know enough now to reach out and explore. And I did that with some other coaches too. And they're not necessarily my coaches. And a lot of it was looking for, um, I'm a critical thinker on this. How much do I agree with what they're saying? Hmm. How much does that align with my own philosophy of how I want to grow my business? So Rich and Christina as well, come from pure service. They talk about you can build a business without marketing and it doesn't have to be salesy and it's, it all comes from this place of heart. That appealed to me. Like Not necessarily that. I don't have to market, but like that, that it's possible to have a truly service-based, truly heart-centered business and be successful. Yeah. 
I really like that. And I'd like to add that there are times when people don't even post that they're coaches. Like when I reached out to Dr. Nicola Pera, the holistic psychologist, I just mm-hmm. DM'd her. Hey, are you, are you available for one-on-one coaching? And she, she said, yes. So a lot of times yeah. people who are searching, just if some, yeah. someone you connect with, just DM them. Hey, yeah. one-on-one coaching. What are your charges? What are your rates? Or can I talk to you just for yeah. a conversation? Um, yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. And you never know when you might actually spur someone to become a coach. Um, so I was going to say, I have a the the forefront I went to before the one I met you at I met a friend and she's an artist and um now she's doing coaching because somehow some way someone started asking her for advice on building an art based um Instagram business and so now she's into coaching and it's because somebody gave her that ooh so you never know yeah yeah so you never know when you might spur someone to uh expand their services (laughs) I really really love that all right. Well, it's been a great conversation. So I'm yes. going to ask you one final question. Okay. Aaron, two years ago, who was diving into this entrepreneurship world, what advice would you give her? What is something that you know now that you did not know two years ago? What's immediately coming to me, and it came up again today in a conversation is this stuff takes time. And one of the things I didn't know until I experienced it was that you're always planting seeds. And the expectation of the new content creator or business owner is that there's this payoff really quickly, right? I put something out there and it gets a return, right? And my business, I worked really hard to plant a lot of seeds, but so much of my, and I did really well my first year, but so much of this past year in the pandemic was seeds I planted last year. And I went to a conference right before the main lockdown. And six months later, someone I met there says, hey, I have a potential client for you. I used to coach her dad. So it's a conflict of interest. Are you interested? I didn't go to that conference to get clients. Um, I went for other things. And so what I want to say is you've got to be really thinking long game. You've got to not, you don't know what seeds you plant will, will spring up. You don't know when they'll spring up. You just got to have faith. And it really does take just like 90 day live took 90 days to figure out if I liked going live. It takes years. And I've heard from people, you know, that it can take a couple more years than you think. Like some of my coach friends really didn't build their communities. It took five, six, eight years. So just be committed to doing things that you just don't know if and when they'll pay off. And I guarantee some of them will. I love and that. Surprising, at surprising times. It's, it's, it goes back to working hard every day, but having the patience long-term. That this, mm-hmm. would, this will work out in one way or the other. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. for. Hi, it's me again. So you can clearly see that I didn't ask Erin uh, where you can find her online. Oops, my bad. Anyway, so basically, let me tell you now. You can go to her website, Erin, E-R-I-N-M, M for Michaela, Baker, B-A-K-E-R.com. All right, back to the episode. 
being your vulnerable self, uh, the common theme definitely was feel the fear and do it anyway. I loved yep. that. So for those of you who have subscribed to the show already, thank you so much. And for those who haven't, please subscribe today. I am meeting people like Aaron, having great conversations with them. And there's so much gold that I don't want you to miss. So please hit the subscribe button and I will see you next week. Hey, you. Thanks for listening to Spicy Chai. I really appreciate it. And to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast, The Obvious. And if you want to learn more, head over to marukimtiaz.com. And until next time, my friend, hit the record button or, you know, the publish. Lots of love from your favorite. You got this beautiful. Beautiful.